Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Mika Simmons and welcome to the Happy Vagina podcast. Coming up, we have Andrea McLean talking about all things endometriosis, menopause and not being a loose woman. But firstly, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Le Salon. Le Salon is a cult online beauty platform which places ethics at the heart of its conversation by empowering women and enhancing the careers of its beauty therapists, ensuring that they are the most highly skilled and motivated therapists in the UK. I can vouch for this. At the end of a very long week, Le Salon came to my home and got me date ready. And here's the best bit. Book via the Le Salon app, use the code HAPPYVAGINA and they will give first-time users 15% off. Groomed bush or Brazilian, Le Salon will take care of you. Just go to www.lesalon.com or download the Le Salon app and get pampered. Welcome to the Happy Vagina, where we shame bust thoughts and feelings around all things sex, gynecology, and female body judgment. We share honestly about our experiences, so you can do the same, leading to better health, better sex, and better lives. I'm Mika Simmons. I'm at the Albright. We are live, and today on the Happy Vagina, we have the delectable, inspirational Andrea McLean. <laughs> Woohoo! I've never been called those words I mean I've been called lots of words but I've never been called those thank you it's a whole new form of trolling positive trolling I like that let's make it a thing Andrea you are in no particular order a right-sizing co-presenter on Loose Women best-selling author bungee jumping charity angel and founder of This Girl Is On Fire, an online community developed to facilitate women supporting women of all ages who want to live, learn and thrive in a life they love yeah. Amazing. What an amazing human being you are. <laughs> Packed a lot in, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. And it's an absolute honour to have you on the show. Not that a presenter of Loose Women would need a vagina ice-breaking quiz. And obviously I'm a bit nervous that you might know all the answers, being a presenter of Loose Women, but uh-huh. because it's tradition, we are going to start with a vagina quiz. I love this. Okay. Yeah. How are you at quizzes? Well, it depends what they are. If it's like maths, not great. You're not Carol Vorderman? Oh, gosh, no, she's way smarter than me. If it's Brexit, useless, yeah. which, to be honest, nobody knows what's going on, so that's not unusual. But, yeah, throw all things vagina at me. Let's okay. see what sticks. Let's see, Andrew McLean, what your vagina VI is, your vagina intelligence. Question number one. Okay. First five are multiple choice questions. Right. <laughs> there are more women who own a vibrator than households that own a dishwasher in the UK. True or false? True. Oh, it is true. Oh, is it true? Yes! <laughs> it was, I was thinking, what's more useful? 
you can get someone else to do the washing up, but... I don't have a dishwasher, and I also have never tried a vibrator. Are you a fan of vibrators? Um... <laughs> I mean, let's just get straight yeah. in there. <laughs> uh, I don't have one at the moment. But I you have, have used had, them. I have had them yeah. in the past. I've got a bit of a block around them, I think. Oh, I don't go, know why. give it a go. I, okay. got, I got sent one as a present, and I kind of looked at it a bit, oh, right, okay. And then it was like, well, I've got it anyway. Might as well open up the packaging and see what this is all about. <laughs> and I can see what the fuss is all about. <laughs> one of our other guests was saying it just makes it really quick. So, um... Anyway, 56% of women in the UK have used a vibrator, which is a phenomenal statistic, I think. And their research, it was a, a company, Smile Makers, who make female sex toys. Their research also showed that vibrators are used among women for health-promoting behaviours and positive sexual function. So that's a, a, a positive fact. Question two. Leonard Dunham said, Women are attached to their uteruses. For me, an almost blind delusional loyalty, like I'd have... It, to a bad boyfriend? Well, I've had lots of those. Bad and boyfriends. I've married most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I have previous experience, and I now don't have a uterus. So um, I, I managed to let it go. Yeah. Let it go, and all sorts. And now I have a good husband, so you, I managed you, to let it go that way as well. You turn the corner on the bad boys and the uterus. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. amazing. How's that for multitasking? Yeah. In 2018, <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, because I didn't know this, apparently I'm, I'm a bit behind the times, Leonard Dunham had an elected hysterectomy in 2018. And after the surgery, Lena wrote a heart-wrenching article for Vogue about her long struggle with endometriosis, which we're going to come to with you, Andrea, and coming to terms with having to have her uterus removed, age 31. Question three. Research has shown that 15% of women worry about whether their vulva looks normal. That's really sad, because I don't know what normal is supposed to look like, so it just is what it is. So do you think that's true or false? Oh, sorry, I'm just giving an opinion. <laughs> um, 15, I reckon it's more than that. It is more than that. It's, that is a false statistic. It is 50%. 50% of women feel anxious about what their vulva looks like or whether it looks normal. And one in seven women has considered getting plastic surgery. So, I mean, unless, obviously, there's a, there's a medical need and it's uncomfortable or something like that, but just to, to make your nun look prettier. I know. The cervix is a fixed part of your anatomy and never moves around. Well, I've never heard of it in my ear, so that, that does make sense that it would stay in one place. You can <laughs> kind of imagine like, oh, my cervix has moved. <laughs> What's that on your elbow? <laughs> my cervix. Sorry, it does that sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it kind of opens and closes, but I don't know about... Moving around. Okay. Is that what is, uh, is that what you mean? That it opens and closes? Because that's how a baby's got to come out, doesn't it? It has to open. It's actually false that it never moves around. The cervix can move around. Is that what's on my elbow? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I've met someone funnier than me. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get to the end of the questions. Um, Yes, it can move around. The position and texture of the surface changes throughout the menstrual cycle. It is affected by the hormonal changes in a woman's body. I did not know that. There you go. I Don't did say not I didn't teach that. you anything. Question five. <laughs> At one point in time in history, the menopause was considered to be a disease. Probably true. <laughs> Probably Gasps true. from the audience. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, I would say that that is, that is true. That is true. The idea that the menopause was a disease was first introduced in 1710 in a text called On the End of Menstruation as the Time for the Beginning of Various Diseases. Can't even get that out. And it was perceived as one of the worst of all calamities to beset a, a sex ever. Well, they've got that right. Yeah, I mean, there's some truth in it. There's some truth in it. But, um, yeah, it's a natural progression of human life. That's amazing. But, you know, if it was a disease, then people would feel more sorry for you because it's almost like you caught it and it's not your fault. Whereas nowadays, people get very angry even mentioning the word menopause because it's just something you're supposed to shut up and get on with. Is which that is true? something that makes me really angry. Is that true? Mm. That, 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 that is a fact. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You've ex even today. Oh my goodness, yes. And that's from women as well as men. Why are you banging on about the menopause? They it's just something understand. that's natural and people like you banging on about it just means everyone's talking about it all the time. Do you think that the women that speak like that are women that haven't been through it yet? I don't believe that any woman who's actually been through the symptoms of menopause or do you think some women go through it and just assume that you should keep it to yourself? A mixture of both. I think that some women are extremely fortunate and that their menopause is, like obviously um, our menstrual cycles are very, very different and people have very different experiences of periods. For some women, it's, it's just something that they barely notice every month and the, their flow is very light. And for others, it is excruciating. They, they need time off work. They're in, they're in a lot of pain. They, they faint. Mm. Ask those two women what their experiences are mm. and you're going to get very different answers. Mm. So I think that's why when it comes to the menopause, um, really it's women who maybe have a, a, a less traumatic experience of it, can't understand what all the fuss is about, right. which is really sad because not everyone is fortunate enough to have that experience. And for those women, speaking out is vital because yeah. then they know they're not alone yeah. and then they know that there's options out there where they can get some help because yeah. why would you want to live in, in pain, discomfort, mentally, physically, all of these things. Yeah. I mean, just listening to you say that as well, I'm wondering whether or not for some women who, I think some women within their relationships with men keep everything really private. So they almost want all women to be like that because yeah. they don't want men to know that we have experiences yeah. that have such a profound effect on us. Yeah. So they're almost putting their shame on you as in they feel ashamed yeah. of what, who they are as a woman and what we go through as women. And they deal with their shame by hiding. I think it's. I think that is is true. But I think it is also seen as it's not very ladylike, because it's also okay. as, as a generational thing. Mm. You're 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 seen as you're you're meant to look nice at all times. Mm. And you know, certainly in the you know the way that I was raised, and I'm I'm not like this, but uh, how I was raised, you know, you you look lovely. You look you look clean and fresh and you have your husband's dinner ready exactly. when he yeah. comes in the door and yeah. when he asks about your day you say it was fine how was yours yeah and um you don't have any emotion experience or not necessarily yeah. your yeah. your your job is to be a lovely woman yeah and you don't necessarily not allowed is quite a a a, 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 a strict way of putting it but that's the kind of overriding Try feeling not to. Try yeah. not to be a real woman, Andrea. I can't. Try not. I, can't. I just can't help it. It just keeps happening. And, I'm ve and I am very open. I did try being like that. Did you? Um, oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, my, when, obviously, I've been married, I've been married a couple of times. Um, share the wealth. I've yeah. been married once. Okay, I'm on my third. <laughs> I'm on my third, you know. Um, and it's so funny, because I automatically 
get embarrassed and put myself down about that. But actually, there isn't. I'm not ashamed about it because actually, I was really fortunate and had three men who love me enough to ask me to marry them. Yes. And I'm just really bad at saying no. So I, I say yes to most things. You're, you're yeah. codependent. Do you want another drink? Yes. Do you want to get married? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're, are you codependent with engagement rings? I love cake. I, just I love, love a cake. cake. Yeah. I can vouch. I yeah. can vouch. You but love a cake. Going back to the original thing, I did try and be like that. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. You know, mm. the whole Stepford Wife thing, it doesn't work. Mm. Well, I'm super glad that you're very open because it means you're on here talking about really explicit things. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we're going to move on to the next questions. Great. Five quick fire questions for you. Okay. Question one, brief or G-string? Um, it depends on what I'm wearing. You know, it's sometimes... yes from the yeah, audience. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear you say, yeah. Um, like... Last night was my birthday party, which you came to, I which did. was lovely. And uh, I needed something that held the tummy in, but wasn't too much at the back. So I had to wear a kind of half brief at the front, stringy thing at the back. There is oh that. Oh my God, I couldn't wait to take it off at the end of the night. It was awful. Was it like a Spanx thong? It was like a splong. A I splong? <laughs> I mean, actually, getting ready for your party last night, I yeah. put on the Spanx and they didn't work because the back was low and they were too high. Yeah. So then I ended and up wearing the line just above the, the knee. The line, especially when you're walking. Yeah. And my, my, my dress had a, had a, it was like a crossover wrap dress. It and was. every time I moved, you'd see the Spanx. So I'd, I just had to, other so long did you make underwear it? is available. Did, did you make it? No, I bought the, the splong, splong, whatever it's called. But <laughs> then on a normal this. day, like today, I've just got normal knickers on. Brief. Are they briefs? Yeah. Like just a, like a pant? Yeah, they, they are a pant. And on a normal day, would you... Wear, I a, wear pant, a pant, would yeah. you? Okay, good, yeah. thank you. Next question, Brazilian or bush? I like a, t a tidy bush. A tidy bush. Yeah. I, a groomed. I like, I'm groomed, we, we, yeah. we, We've coined it. We've coined it, the groomed bush. I'm, I've al always, I, I like being tidy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but no waxing. I tried it once and I cried. <laughs> oh, Andrea, that's so I'm just cool. literally going, please don't do the other side. <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, no, you, I need to do both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Literally wiping tears, mascara and snot, it? going, I'll be totally fine. And she, she did. And I never went back again. No. no. But what I have, I've been lasered. So I had my legs lasered mm. and then the two sort of sides done. Mm. So that, it, and it is really good. Because then it, when you wear bikinis, you don't mm. get that rash. Mm. Highly recommend it. It's very, <laughs> it's very good. But no. Green bush and yeah. lasering for Andrea McLean. Yeah. Next question. Tampon or moon cup? Well, Not, nothing now. Nothing for you. Um, uh, I was a tampon girl, mm. but I'd never heard of a moon cup. So I probably would have given it a go. Mm. Um, and interestingly, my daughter is hopefully never going to listen to this, so I'll tell you. Um, she's 12, nearly 13. Yeah. And so obviously we're going through those options at the moment. And so I've bought her the traditional things of pads and tampons and everything so that she, and she's using pads at the moment but I'm interested in introducing her to the to the moon cup I just mm. don't know how it works but I love the idea of it it mm. sounds it sounds hygienic yeah I don't know too much about them and I don't know if they're suitable for younger is she just started her periods yeah I think they do suggest mostly sanitary towels don't they I don't know about yeah, a moon cup she's for quite a teenager ready for the kind of intricacies of no getting also it the there. washing and I think yeah yeah, yeah. and at school how would yeah. you do that and people would see and things. So maybe yeah. when she's a bit older. Yeah. 
She's very lucky to have you as a mum. Gosh. Um, I'm very open. <laughs> what should we talk about? She- Nothing. Go away. <laughs> That's what I was like with my mum. <laughs> Question four. Clitoral or G-spot? Um, oh, clitoral. G-spot's a lot of fiddling about, trying to find it. There it is. No, it's not. There it is. Oh, God, forget it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a kind of every time. You know you're going to get there with the clitoral oh, orgasm. Oh, God, yeah. Super quick as well. See, I find, I find them quite hard work, clitoral orgasms. Like, they take me oh. quite a long time. Not on my own, okay. but within a sexual relationship. Oh, I've, I always help. Ah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> always help. Otherwise, you're there for ages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not adverse to he- helping, but I do... Ha- recently, my research is going to absolutely kill me. She's like, you can't say this on every single podcast, but I have done. Because I have literally recently discovered the G-spot. I've, I've, as in like I as have, in, in a really easy way oh it's just been happening oh that's really interesting yeah we've actually split up so this is a bit of a problem <laughs> so is it you do not want your daughter to listen to this I'd quite like him to listen and come back <laughs> or, or my or my mum or my mum but is it so you found it so is it on the the, the, the front wall it's or like the back wall behind your clitoris at the front next okay. question vibrator or vegetable <laughs> What, as in just a, a choice, or I've, I've never tried a vegetable. That's the answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Believe to use things that are made for what they're there for. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. You'd be you'd be surprised at how many people have tried a vegetable. Okay. But we won't go there right now. Okay. <laughs> Andrea, I you never got... look at my vegetable drawer in the same way. I'm gonna go home and. Like, mm. Amazing. You got four out of five of the multiple choice questions, right? So you've got a very high vagina intelligence. That's amazing. V-I. Yeah. Do I get like a GCSE or anything? She wants a certificate. I want... I mean, Do I be happy with a sticker? I mean... (laughs) The happy vagina... I mean, literally, the happy vagina's got huge legs. Literally, like... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you, Andrea. Just to get a bit more serious now. We, we sat next to each other at a Women's Awards lunch and we bonded really quickly. I got a massive woman crush on you. And we talked about being bullied when we were in our teens and how we handled it, how we handled being bullied by other women. And um, I was really inspired by how you handled it. And so, not surprisingly, because what you told me was you, you didn't, what I did is I got in there with them. I toughened up and I kind of became um, someone who didn't let anyone near me and, and, and became quite naughty. I became quite naughty. And what you told me, if I remember correctly, was that you stayed really true to yourself and continued to protect other people and put boundaries in and, and make sure that everyone knew they couldn't do that to you. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, and I've stayed the same my whole life. And sometimes it's lonely being in that place because not everybody likes you when you when you do that. When you're so true to yourself. Yeah. And not surprisingly, based on that, you have now launched this phenomenal platform called This Girl Is On Fire, which is for women of all ages and inspires them and gives them tools to become the very best version of themselves. Can you just tell us a bit about how that came about? Well, the the website came about. Uh, firstly, because I'd had the hysterectomy. So it came about really organically. I didn't set out to 
form a website to, to help women. But what's so interesting, when you look back on things on hindsight, it becomes really clear that that's what you were always meant to do. And the, all these little things were happening to push you in a certain direction. So I had severe endometriosis, which is why I had to have a full hysterectomy um, at the age of 46. And uh, what happened was, I obviously I work on Lucid Men, it's a live daily TV show, so there's, there's lots of people watching. And I didn't want to tell anybody why I was going to have to have time off work. So I thought, well, it's, it's really personal, it's nobody else's business, and um, I'll just quietly go away for a while and come back again. And then lovely Linda Robson, I was working with her that day, Linda Robson from Birds of a Feather fame. She's, we call her Nanny Linda, and she's just so wonderful. She looks after all of us. And she said, so, so sweetheart, what are you going to tell them? And I said, well, I'm not going to tell them anything. I'm just going to have time off work. And she said, you've got to tell them something, sweetheart. They're going to think you've been fired. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, I'm not having that. And I thought, oh, I never thought about that. Because obviously the viewers at home will wonder where I am. There's a lot of journalists who will watch the show and they'll think, okay, clearly she's not around. So I had to make an announcement. And I didn't want to, but I did. So I said very quickly, I'm going to be off air for about six weeks, um, having a hysterectomy. And... I then went in the next morning, I, at 7 a.m. I had the operation, and unbeknown to me, 10,000 women got in touch within 24 hours. It was like a tsunami of really desperate women wanting information about how was I going to cope with the after effects of a hysterectomy, how was, I, how was I then going to cope with the menopause, what were my thoughts about HRT, and... 10,000 women is not a small amount no, because to me that if, if that many women get in touch what about the that's the tip the yeah. women who don't bother you know getting in touch with a tv show or me personally or happen to not have seen it and I just realized I'd been looking at it all wrong mm. that if if someone like me who's fortunate enough to have a platform mm. doesn't use it to make other women feel comfortable, stronger, mm. and better about themselves, that's a waste of a voice and a waste of a platform. Mm. So I started then just trying to answer everybody, and then I realized I, I can't do that. So I approached my... I had a lovely doctor who'd been helping me sort of through the process and said, would you write a book with me so that we can put it out there and, and help women? So mm. the, the book came out. It did really well. It was a bestseller, so I was really pleased about that. But then I thought, I don't want this to stop. And the book is Confessions, Confessions of a Menopausal, of a menopausal, menopausal Woman. Brilliant. And what it is, it's very, it's very, it's like a conversation with me. It's because I, I wrote it all my, myself. This is my second book. My first book was Confessions of a Good Girl. So this, this one is Confessions of a Woman Grown Up Without a Uterus. <laughs> and um, I basically didn't want the conversation to end. So I thought, how can I keep this going? So I started a website and I called it thisgirlisonfire.co.uk because it's a play on words, because when you're menopausal, you're really hot. <laughs> but then I thought, you can be really hot in every kind of way. All Just sorts because of ways. you're a woman of a certain age, yeah. you, doesn't, you don't have to stop being hot. But what we realize is the site's been going for about a year now, is so many younger women were getting in touch because they were loving our articles all about, you know. Uh, just because you're scared doesn't mean that you're weak. Yeah. Keep Just going how to anyway. be the best human you how can be. To be the, the best, best woman, but the best human totally. you can be. Yeah. So we've, we've changed it now. I'm so excited about the way, where the website's going now. Is We've changed it so that it is, it is basically how to live, learn, and thrive in a life you love. We spent a long time coming up with this sort of the, the, the wording brilliant. of it. Because what we realized was you can live... 
are you living your life? Are you surviving or just thriving? Or mm. thriving or just surviving? What to you means living life? Now, mm. it could be, you know, just being the best mum. Mm. It could be just being the best you. Mm. So it's, it's finding a way that you can learn more about what makes you tick mm. so that you can feel mm. like a, a more empowered person within your own boundaries. And I feel really strongly about this. Not every woman wants to be a CEO. Not every woman wants to rule the world or, mm. and definitely doesn't want to dominate men. You just want to feel great about yourself within your own, within your own limits. Well, and also know if you're stuck. So, I, so yeah. like, if, if, if for you, spending a lot of time on the sofa watching... Uh, well, d- obviously, daytime tell is great, so don't stop doing that. <laughs> Watching repeats of Loose Women <laughs> and Border Control. Um, <laughs> I know, But as right? long as you're really happy with it. But I think so many people uh, don't, as you've just said, don't really know what they want or yeah. really understand themselves. And I think particularly for women, I mean, it's really changing at the moment. But um, I think... For, for those women, and I'm one of them, we're all one of them, write down what you don't want. It's, mm. al- it's always a lot easier to write down what you don't mm. want. Just coming back to, you've already touched upon your hysterectomy. Yeah. But before you had the history, I mean, I, I didn't realise it had been such a quick decision for you to actually live on air, let everyone know yeah. that you were going to have a hysterectomy the next day. But for those people that are listening that don't know, can you just tell us a bit about the build-up to that? Because you had a long-term um, diagnosis of endometriosis from mm. when you were 28, I think. And you were 46 when you had the hysterectomy. Yeah. So you had endometriosis for... That many years. Well, I'd had 18, it... 18. 18. 18, <laughs> I've got it, I've got really it. really long I've got it. time. <laughs> um, I, well, obviously, I'd, I'd had it before then, but it wasn't diagnosed. Because, again, this comes back to when we're talking about what your periods are like or what your experience is like. When someone says, oh, it really hurts, what's your barometer of pain? You don't know what it's supposed to feel like. So mm. when I didn't know, for example, that it was not normal to feel excruciating pain every time mm. you had a period and every time you had sex. Mm. I just thought that was normal and nobody talked about it. Mm. So when I finally, you know, was doubled over and mm. uh, sex was becoming more and more uncomfortable and I went to the doctors and then had examination. I had a laparoscopy where they went and had a little look around and they found out that basically I only had one working fallopian tube because the other one was so blocked, so blocked wow. with endometriosis. Wow. And I also had cysts on my ovaries. So that was why I was in so much pain all the time. Right. Um, but you don't know that until, you know, you go to the doctors. Because we, I think women were quite stoical. We just kind of crack on and get on with it and think, oh, well, it must be like this for everybody. I think like, my, my sister faint. She used to faint every month when she had her period. From endometriosis as well? No, just no, from really just heavy from, periods. Right. But for her, that was just, oh, that's just how I am. Yeah. such heavy bleeding. Do, do you think that potentially from when you were 28 to when it got to this point that you really had to do something about it? We, we were first diagnosed at 28. Mm. Do you think that the relationship of doctors to endometriosis has changed since then? Do you think it's getting yeah. better? And that if, a, you know, maybe back then a, a young woman went to the doctors and said, I've got pain, they'd just say, why don't you go on the pill? Mm. Do, you think, do you think they're taking it more seriously now? There's more I, awareness around it? I mean, obviously the Endometriosis Society do such great work in terms of putting information out there. But I think also... Like, for example, when, when I went to my doctors and had the laparoscopy and was diagnosed... Um, 
there's a bit in my in my book where I talk about this, and I say basically he was an he was an elderly gentleman sitting opposite me in an ill-judged bow tie, and that's the main thing I can remember about him. Mm. And he just said, "Yes, yes, you have only one working tube. You're riddled, you know, you're riddled with it, and you have cysts on your ovaries." And I oh said, "Well, what, a, what about having children?" He said, "Oh, frankly, my dear, it'll take <gasps> a miracle, just like that." And then was like, "Next." And well, I said, well, what am I supposed, what am I supposed to do? And he said, well, I'd, you know, I'd get started pretty quickly if I were you, because you're probably going to need help. And is that what you did? I, I did. I did in the end. Have, I needed to have fertility treatment to get pregnant, which is a horrible, grueling process in in itself. But I think now a doctor wouldn't. I hope to God, wouldn't put it in that way no. to a young woman it's sitting changed, out, and, and literally just send you out in the street. And mm. I remember walking out into the street and all I could see was pregnant women everywhere. Mm. Every other shop was mother care mm. and everyone had a bump or was pushing a pram. And I just mm. thought this thing that was, was something that would happen eventually was now never going to happen for me. Mm. You know, and I think hopefully nowadays they'd be a, a little bit more empathetic and, and supportive. But you've also said about that, that you're the type of person that when someone says no to you, you think, well, how can I make it happen? Yeah. So what did you, so, so how did, what was your kind of next step around it? Someone says to you, you're not going to be able to have children or it will take a miracle. Yeah. What did you do? I went home and cried mm. because that's the first step when that mm. happens. And I can remember I sat and waited for my then boyfriend to get home. And we'd been together for 11 years at this point. And he got home from work and he went, you're right. And I went, we need to get married. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, right, what happened today? Did you, is this one of the ones you did marry? Yeah. So did you ask him? No. I, oh. I, well, basically, it led to a big row, and he wasn't ready yet. And I was like, how can you not know after 11 years? He's like, I don't know yet if I want to marry you. That was well, a sign. That was a anyway. signal. <laughs> I know. And so I gave him six months. Right. And I said, if you're not going to ask me to marry you, I'm going to leave you and find someone who will, and we're going to have babies together. And he did. Um, and we tried for two and a half years mm. and then in the end we had to go down the uh, IVF route. And how many rounds did you have to have? I was really fortunate in that I didn't I ended up getting pregnant through just the drugs that they give you. Right. The drugs are incredible you mm. feel so horrible mm. but I ended up actually getting pregnant naturally mm. so which was lovely mm. but my marriage ended very soon after I had a baby because mm. I think it was kind of not destined to work. You forced um, it a bit maybe. Yeah, I can see that now, totally. Yeah. yeah. It came from a place of fear. And also huge love. Mm. I loved him so much. Did you? Oh, gosh, yes. Mm. He was my first boyfriend. I mm. met him. Well, to be, I was so ugly at school. The first boy that asked me out, I said yes, and then I hung on really tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's really not a good idea. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, and that's why we're not together anymore. I'm not sure that's to do with what one looks like and whether you're Oh, seriously, not. I had acne. I my mum permed my hair and I wear jumpers my granny knitted me. It was, it was, I was like walking contraception. <laughs> it really was. I but know. I had a lovely smile, but terrible skin, and, and yeah. I, I do think it's kind of a bit of a thing for women, though. To, I mean, for me, I, I really identify with that, and that it's taken me a long time in my life to work out that I can say no to someone. Like, um, it's really difficult, but I, I just, at school, I remember if a man was in, if a boy was interested in me, I was just like, wow, you're interested in me, yes, I'm going with you. I was a bit of a sheep, you know, and I think it takes you a while as a woman to realise that, it's about safety, which obviously underneath it is fear that if I do say no to you, there'll be someone else, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm also, I realise now with hindsight therapy and everything else, that I've always been scared of the consequences of saying no because mm. someone might get angry. Mm. Yes, exactly. Which is so sad. Exactly. You know, getting married to someone just so they don't get cross is a really bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned... Um, that during the time of endometriosis that sex was very painful. And I just wanted to talk a bit more about that because I, um, after having glandular fever, I got an autoimmune called interstitial cystitis, which is where your, your bladder starts to let in toxins rather than put them out. And it made sex very uncomfortable for me for quite a long time. And um, I found it really difficult to say no to my partner having sex, and I've, and I've thought about it a lot, about why. He wasn't pushy with me. He had a very high sex drive. And I think I felt ashamed, mm. actually, that my body wasn't functioning properly. Like, somehow or other... I mean, for me, I would admit that I, I don't... I really love sex once I start having it, but I'm not the one to go for it. So I, I'm not... I think it's different for everyone, but I'm not the one that... It, it doesn't come from me. Yeah. Um, but a bit of a nudge, and I love it. I did say yes to having sex sometimes when I really didn't want to with the um, interstitial cystitis. Mm. And, and, and I didn't really nurture myself. And I just wondered if you identified with that at all, with the endometriosis. hundred percent. And not just with the endometriosis, but after having the hysterectomy as well. Because when you have a, hysterect a full hysterectomy, if your ovaries are removed, you go into full surgical menopause, which is very different to a normal menopause. Because essentially your, your engine's been removed, so your... Your, your source of estrogen is, is switched off overnight. So it's, it's very traumatic on the body and it's, it's very traumatic mentally as well as physically. So mm. um, obviously we, we could talk about the mental side in another time. Um, but in terms of the, the physicality of it, um, you know, people talk about vaginal atrophy and they kind of bandy this word about and don't really know, you know, what, what does that mean? But essentially when you don't have uh, the, the, the flow of estrogen into your, into your vagina. And people, mm. men in particular, think your vagina is the outside bit, it's the inside bit. Mm. And the, the walls get incredibly thin and brittle and dry. Now imagine trying to have sex with a vagina that is the walls are thin and brittle mm. and dry, and mm. it's excruciating. And mm. you, and this happened to me. After and the hysterectomy. After the hysterectomy. And you, I'm a very polite lady so I would I would literally find myself eyes closed and teeth clenched just thinking please let this be really quick 
because I want to be a good wife mm. and I, you know, I, and then eventually... You were with your current husband at this yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, And I you've was. got a fantastic relationship with, but it's hard, yeah. isn't it, not to, not, not, not to, when you love someone, yeah. when you really love someone, not to kind of look after their needs. Yeah. And I think for women particularly, not to put someone else's needs in front of our own. Definitely. And, and the thing, I was also, and I still get it sometimes, obviously, because of the hysterectomy, um, I get cystitis all the time. Right. And that apparently is really common. Bacterial cystitis. So one that can be treated with an antibiotic yes. if you needed to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's horrible. So obviously then you don't feel like it because it, things are in pain. But luckily mm. I went back to my doctor who mm. said, right, okay, that's what's happening. And hugely recommended, don't go anywhere near a willy without lubricant. I was like, right. <laughs> Okay, and obviously it does kind of stop the moment when you have to go, hang on a minute, and, and yeah. you know. Yeah. And some, or sometimes, if, if I'm thinking, he's got that kind of look in his eye, I'm thinking maybe things like, you, you pop a bit in just before, you, <laughs> just before, you know. You, you, yeah, you go, and, and sometimes, you know, when it doesn't happen, you think, that was a waste, because now if I, if I use this and it's going <laughs> to run out, and I didn't even, but um, yes, so what I would say is, for, for us, when he realised what I was doing, he was mortified. Mortified. They always are actually mortified devastated. That yeah. I was in pain. So mm. it, it did spoil things for a while mm. because it, what it meant was that even because we have a really loving relationship and mm. we have a we have a really loving sexual relationship in that he we want each other to be happy because mm. sex is something that comes out of love as well as anything else. And he felt, how can I be a good husband to not have noticed that. Not to be, I'll try and put this in a ladylike way. I would kind of make sure that he was behind me, mm. if you know what I mean. So, you so can then see he, your so face. that my face is like, like oh, this, um, so that he, so that he wouldn't know. Oh. And then when he when he found out, he was devastated. Oh. So now but he would much rather, you know, hang on a minute, stop. Yeah. But in your book, you've actually, and by the sounds of it, it has enabled a much deeper connection of communication between you. But you also talk about in your book, and you've said in a couple of interviews that your sex life has got better. Since your yeah. hysterectomy, um, what's changed? What's changed is, <laughs> is talking about it more and also being with a really lovely partner who understands that good sex comes from both of you having a lovely time. And mm. yes, okay, there's going to be moments where, and we're really open about this as well. Sometimes I'm in the mood for it and sometimes he's not and sometimes he is and, I'm, and actually you're, you, you give. give. Mm. It, and it doesn't always have to be like Hollywood. Mm. Sometimes it can literally be, all right, then, go on then. But yeah. actually, no, what normally happens is once you get going, both of you yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. And, but it's being open enough to, and loving enough to go, all right, all right then. But have you had to find, with particularly, say, the vaginal dryness, Yeah, I understand that you can use the lubricant, but have you had to find any new ways of having sex and finding pleasure together? Or has your sex actual kind of, you know, the rhythm of your sex life stayed the same, for want of a better word. I'm not sure rhythm is quite the right word for it. <laughs> no, rhythm, rhythm is a pretty good word. I think you learn... Um, uh, it hasn't stopped you this? having um, penetrative sex. You haven't had to sort of look no. for new... Did did for a, a bit, especially if you get... If, you're, if things are really sore. Mm. But then you, there's lots of other things that you can do. But you haven't uh, added anything new to the, to the chart... No, no. You no. were doing it all before. Yeah, I was doing it. I was doing it all. Be, I was doing it all before. I'm trying to again. Um, uh, yeah, there's lots of things that you can do to each other that you don't have to penetrate. Yeah, and 
That works very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so why did I suddenly think that my mum is going to be listening to this? <laughs> All I could think of was my mum going, "Oh, Andrea." You probably know this already, but a super interesting fact is that the uterus typically takes up a very small space in the abdomen or pelvis, and after a hysterectomy, the other abdominal organs shift slightly to fill the space, which means unless extensive research is performed, the vagina remains the same after a hysterectomy. And once the healing has occurred, the vagina will continue to function normally, other than the things we've just talked about. Other, <laughs> other than that. And can I just say, when I had my hysterectomy, and obviously I had everything taken out, I was gutted. I weighed myself, and I was the same. <laughs> I genuinely thought, well, this is brilliant. There's bound to be at least a couple of pounds. Nothing. I mean, we, Nothing. I, I've just got a, we have got an obstetrician in the house tonight, I know. Can you tell us how much they weigh? Do they weigh? Oh, that's so disappointing. So disappointing. Right. She's saying, unless yeah. you've got big fibroids and then you yeah. lose loads of weight. Thank you, Chandrima. Um... So you've, you've talked a bit about having a hysterectomy and your experience of menopause. Just a, a question around it, because you were perimenopausal before you were told that you had to have a hysterectomy. And you've now written this amazing book that we've mentioned, which has got loads of information about nutrients and what you should eat and how you should meditate and really how to look after yourself as you go through that period of your life. Um, did, you, did you know, like were they saying to you for quite a long time, you might have to have a hysterectomy? Was there a build-up to it? Or was it something that you were starting to research before you wrote the book? Or did you have the hysterectomy, have the onset of menopause, and be like, shit, I need to go and research this? She's like making a face because I swore. No, Andrea's I'm making faces <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking, that was exactly the went through my head. You were like, shit. <laughs> so afterwards, was it, so what, how did it work for you well, with the book? Well, I, I actually started becoming perimenopausal at 38, and this is, I think, why I'm so passionate about, about educating women about the menopause, because I get so angry mm. that women suffer so unnecessarily mm. um, by ill-informed GPs and mm. health practitioners who say to them, well, you can't possibly be going through the menopause because that happens at 51. Mm. Whereas actually, you're perimenopausal for a good decade before your periods stop. Mm. And actually, that experience can be just as debilitating and it can be confusing because I'm yes. kind of getting towards it and what I find is that some some months that like I'm horrendous and I'm like am I perimenopausal and then the next month's just back to normal again it yeah. kind of oscillates and flows like a period would yeah exactly because so your, your hormones are kind of bouncing around and like for example I got pregnant when I was perimenopausal right. because what a lot of people don't realize is your your body's going oh my god this is it this is it right last flush yeah. come on guys yeah. loads yeah. of <laughs> hormones <laughs> So from needing, you know, hormone uh, uh, therapy and what have you I to guess. get pregnant the first time yeah. round, I just needed vodka the second time round. <laughs> and it was a complete... Maybe that's what I'm missing. It was a total surprise because I was like, oh, I'll be fine, don't worry. He's like, we, we haven't got anything. We're not using anything. Oh, I'll be fine. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I got pregnant, which was a, a beautiful, unexpected Joy. But during that period of the perimenopause, were you researching what you needed to look after yourself? Or did, was it like a seismic shift in the way that you looked after yourself? I, I, I know that mm. might sound like a bit of an obvious question. No, not necessarily. But who you are today, you, you know, you're an advocate to champion women talking about menopause and really understanding how to look after their own bodies during it. 
did that all happen after the hysterectomy? Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, in terms of looking after myself, I properly started going through the, the menopause uh, in terms of the, or the perimenopause when I was 42. Mm. So uh, I was experiencing horrible, horrible night sweats. I mean, I was, people talk about, you know, night sweats and think, oh, you get a little bit, little bit hot. You don't. You literally, you soak through pillows. You mm. soak through duvets. Mm. You are, you, 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 you wake up and you want to cry because you're so wet. Everything is soaked mm. and you're so hot. And then I started having um, hot flushes anytime. On TV. On TV. That happens, oh, I have a top it? tip for anyone who's listening. Obviously, uh, happy vaginas, uh, do it is to do the menopause and everything else yeah. but this is a, t a tip for your armpits not for your vagina yeah no this is just a top tip obviously um when you have a hot hot flush on live television in front of millions of people it can be stressful and debilitating and so mm. there's a, a, a wardrobe lady who is in charge of just making sure we're all neat and tidy and she said look this is a little tip that i use for when i'm working with men male presenters and they sweat a lot so you stick sanitary pads under your armpits you'd literally say i know i saw your face like what what is this madness and it's not the thick ones like overnight because everyone would see it but it's like the the thin panty liners yeah and you just the light light flow light yeah. light light flow panty liner yeah. under my armpit stopping the sweats totally <laughs> works it totally works and also you mentally you feel better because you know that the the absorbent bit is by under mm. under your arm and every now and again mm. you can just go Mm. Have a little dab. I mean, I mean, the, 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 for me, what's really phenomenal, but just jumping back to the beginning of this conversation where we were talking about shame and how um, some women don't want you to talk about it. Like, how can you not? And if you've got in your head that you can't talk about this thing and then you're sweating profoundly in front of people in public, the level of shame that you yeah. go into about yourself as a human being is beyond. It's just it, not acceptable. And also, as a, as say, a, let it out. As a middle-aged woman as well, and I feel really, really strongly about this. I feel really strongly about lots of things today. Um, is, is that, good. you know, you're halfway through, not halfway done. And you've got this lifetime of experience. You've learned from your mistakes. Mm. You've learned you don't oh, have yeah. to say yes to every question oh, that yeah. you're asked. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but why is it that just because you're at this, this time in your life, that you're, whether it's going through the menopause or, or what have you, that suddenly you are no longer useful or relevant. Yeah. And, and part of that can be because of the debilitating um, side effects of it. So you, go, so you kind of hide, don't you? I mean, I know yeah. that on my really bad cycle months, I kind of feel slightly mad and like, oh, I just don't ever want to go out again. You know, like yeah. I, you know, it makes you kind of go become more introverted. I think yeah. that's what I see often with friends that are going through menopause, they become very introverted. Mm. Andrea, if you were going to choose five top tips from your book that people yeah. who are going into menopause should do what would they be okay number one uh there are 34 symptoms of the menopause um google them look them up i mean there's a obviously you can buy my book because it's all in there but you don't have to you can just google them um confessions of a menopausal woman for those of you that missed it earlier <laughs> <laughs> because that will save you so much heartache and mental stress because exactly what you just said am i am i i can't be i'm mm. i'm in my late 30s mm. or I, I'm mm. in my Thank 40s. You, I'm not, but yeah. <laughs> you know, but do you know what I mean? And you yeah. think that can't possibly be me. Google it and it will make you feel so much better. So that's number one. Number two, keep a diary. Keep a diary of, and I mean, actually I think a written diary, apart from the fact that it's been scientifically proven that the, the action of writing something down with your hand rather than typing it into a phone releases stress just in itself. You're, you're letting stuff go. So I keep a journal every single day and it's so good for you. Write down... Put the date, 
how you're feeling mentally, physically, all of that. And what that means is not only will you feel better, but when you go to the doctors and you can say, I f have been feeling X, Y, Z for this amount of time, and then you have something to back it up so that you don't have some unsympathetic face going, well, what do you mean by you're just not feeling yourself? Mm. You can say, I feel, whether it's anxiety, depression, um, you know, dryness, all the, th mm. all the, the symptoms. Mm. So how many is that? Mm. Um, uh, Google it, uh, keep a diary, communicate with your partner because you, if you're going through something that is so utterly life-changing and you're expecting him not to notice, you're mad. Mm. Um, and he thinks you're mad. Mm. Um, it's very difficult, actually, just, just touching on that. I've got some, some male friends of mine that are finding it really, really yeah. painful. Having their with their partner, yeah. I've had they just, lose them. They feel like just they lose as many them. men stop me in the street mm. as I've had women stop me oh, in the street. Cry. Yeah, and I had a man recently mm. literally break down in tears at me as I was paying for my car park, mm. um, which yeah. I don't mind. That's that's fine. And I gave him a big no, hug, work, and he he broke down in tears and said, "Your book has saved my marriage." Oh God, I'm going to cry now. That's amazing. Because he said. That I didn't amazing. understand what she was going through. And she read it. She cried and said, just read this book. Wow. And now I get it. And I understand that, yes, she's not feeling herself. And it's not that she doesn't fancy me anymore. Sex hurts, but she doesn't know how to tell me. And now yeah. I know to be more get receptive. Get some lube. <laughs> get some lube. Exactly. Exactly. Hold on. Get in the lube. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I've, I've had lots of women saying that they bought the book and just handed it over. And, you know, the men have gone, what the hell is this? Why would I want to read this? But that's a way of opening communication mm. and open a bottle of wine if you need to and mm. sit down and go I'm gonna have a really hot embarrassing mm. conversation with you but I think we need to talk mm. we're not getting divorced but we need to talk mm. Mm. we might get divorced we need to talk <laughs> two more oh gosh um, meditation's been big for you hasn't it is that something that you've always had in your life I've always been quite woo woo mm. I've always been into, I've, mm. I've done yoga forever. Mm. And everyone thinks because I do yoga, I must be really good at it. I'm terrible at it. I'm really bad at it. I'm really annoyed at my husband because he's only been doing it for three years and he can mm. fold himself in half. Oh, that's I, just wrong. It's just, I mean, you know, what? he literally <laughs> can just do that thing of folding himself in half. I'm really bad at it, but I don't do it for, I don't look like a, Did, you know, bendy, flowy yoga person. But mentally, it's so good. And is there any evidence or research to show that, that meditation and or gentle and yoga, yoga yeah. rather than kind of ashtanga helps menopause? 100%. Right. Because it's... Depression and anxiety is a huge part of the, going through the menopause because mm. of all the hormonal changes. Mm. It's something I... Suffer is such a horrible word because people are suffering much more mm. worse things than I am. Mm. But when I'm, I've just come through a really, really prolonged, difficult spell. Not that mm. you would ever know it, because I showed up every day at work and I smiled and did my thing. But at home, it was a very, very different story. I mm. was very, uh, I was in a very dark place. Mm. And for me, meditating made a huge difference, mm. a massive mm. difference, mm. because it forces you to focus on the here and now. And again, it's been scientifically proven that what you're, you're, you're doing is releasing different chemicals in your brain over mm. a, a prolonged period of time mm. that can help 
Mm. Clearly, it's very different if you have... And I do take medication for anxiety, mm. and I have taken medication for depression. I'm not saying throw away the tablets and just sit still for a little while and it's mm. all going to be all right. Mm. It's not. But on top of all of those things, I would hugely recommend it. Mm. Uh, can, I, can I add one, even mm. though I haven't oh, gone to yes, menopause please. yet? Oh, yes, please, yeah. Because I'm learning... Th actually, I think that some, there's just women everywhere really being much more vocal. Women who have a voice within the public realm... And I would say that the fifth thing should be keep having sex, whether it be with yourself or with a vibrator. I understand that to continue to have pleasure and sex yeah. is actually really beneficial. Yeah, M Meg keep Matthews was one of the first people to ever mention this. Phenomenal. And Get a vibrator. Uh, it was so, do you know, it was so brave of her. Yeah. Because everyone kind of went, oh my God, yeah. this woman talking about masturbating is good for menopause. But she's... Right, because yes. not only does it literally help get the juices flowing, yeah. but it helps you mentally connect with yourself again and, and allow yourself actually to feel good again. But it might, it must also sort of tell the body that things are okay, because if you kind of just sink into the change without, yeah. without fighting it, so if you just kind of let yourself become retreated and isolated, yeah. then... I also think it goes excuse the pun but deeper than that um i think that it also becomes something you associate with trauma yeah and if every and, shame. and if every time yeah. but also trauma because if sex is so painful right that it becomes associated with this is this is going to hurt and then we're going to have an argument and then he's not going to love me anymore my marriage is going to fail and yeah. you've projected oh, five years forwards gosh. purely because of sex is so, bec exactly so difficult to talk about it though, is isn't it? so it's really important to reconnect with that and yeah. remind your body that yeah. actually oh no this isn't a, a trauma nice. thing this is yeah. a nice thing yeah so it's really important that's a really good one to bring up that was yeah. a, that was a number one we went yeah. five four three two one yeah is there anything around the conversation with menopause that um, is now kind of, is, it, it, as I just said, it's growing and it's really exciting. Is there any, where would you like it to go? What do you think needs to happen now? For me, and there's a lot of controversy about this because it, it was in the, the newspapers a little while back and it was introducing the topic of menopause in schools. People went, people, I mean, I know I can swear on this, they lost their shit about this. Did they? Why the hell are we teaching kids about the menopause? They've got enough to be learning without... Really? And I completely disagree. Mm. Because if you're going to educate children about everything to do with the, with the, the female form, mm. why on earth would you not tell them? And it's th biology. Because this, this was the argument that some women had. You're burdening them with something that they don't need to know yet, and all they're going to do is stress about something that's happening in the future. You remove that stress oh. if you're educated and you know how to make yeah. yourself feel better yeah. before you get to a point yeah. where it's so Normalize awful. it. Just normalize, normalize it. it. Normalize it. It's, you know, you don't, you don't think about it until you get, you know, into kind of like 30s, and then suddenly it's like, I mean, it's terrifying. It's like, yeah. to quote with Nell and I, it's like the fear. It is. <laughs> but what, how I sort of um, draw a parallel with it is, again, coming back to my, my daughter. Imagine if, and we are lucky that we're in a culture where we talk about, we talk about periods. It's educated in schools. Mm. But imagine if we lived in a world where no girl was ever told what a period was. And one day she was bleeding mm. and no one would talk to her about why this was. Mm. And she had to figure out for herself how to deal with it. She couldn't go to her mum because it's just something that's natural and we're not going to talk about that. Well, that's an insane That's thought. barbaric, but that's what we're doing with the menopause. Yeah, it's really bad. 
Okay, talking more, early, early year education around it. Brilliant. I could talk to you all night, but we are running out of time. I've got one more question for you. Okay. If your vagina could talk today, yeah. or it can be any day, but if your vagina could say something to you, yeah. what would it say? Um, do, you, do you know what it would say? It would say, I'm a really happy vagina. vagina big name drop for the podcast thank you what a brilliant way to end i am mika simmons we are all at the albright and this has been andrea mclean andrea thank you so much thank you that was amazing I hope you've been listening intently as well as downloading the Le Salon app from our sponsors. If you are fast-paced and time poor, Le Salon could change your life. They have mine. They have it all. Nails, waxing, lash lifts and extensions. Also spray tans. And don't forget, book via the Le Salon app, use the code HAPPYVAGINA and they will give first-time users 15% off. Just go to www.lesalon.com or download the Le Salon app and get pampered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.